Today, we're taking over Nintendo. It's time to find out if we'd make the cut as CEO of the Big N. Hello everyone, I'm Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by special guests, She Says, of Boundary Break, and Kyle Hilliard of MinMix. How's it going, both of you? Good. Yeah? How about you? <laughs> I was waiting for She Says. There's a little bit of a pause I know, we're both so polite. So, I was <laughs> like, okay, either, yeah, either the, the audio went out, or you both are just like, who goes first right there? Yeah. We're both too cordial. Yeah, I'm also good. <laughs> But that's good to hear. There you go. I'll complete the trio of goods. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of a light after a kind of busy January, February for Nintendo stuff. You know, having proper directs back. Eh, they've kind of been silent for like the last roughly month. You know, we've been getting more stuff from Sony and Microsoft. Like lots of big updates. Uh, we just got the news drop about the reports about E3. The, the rumored paywall for E3. I don't know if either of you read up on that. Uh, well, the ESA did come out pretty quickly to be like, no, we're yeah, no paywall, which I was like, okay, that's probably Wait, the right call. But isn't this the song and dance we've seen before, before COVID, <laughs> yeah. when they're doing the influencer version of E3, that leak yeah. that we heard about? Uh, I don't know if they have such great ideas over there at the ESA. I don't know so what that show worried. looks like in the future, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I fully expect Nintendo's going to do something in the next few months, worst case, probably by June. So I, I turned over to our, our community, the Easy Allies community, and asked them, you know, what did they want us to talk about? And I just saw this fun idea about they wanted us to pretend that we were the CEO. If we were in charge of Nintendo, how would we run the company? And so I got a bunch of patron questions here posed to us as if we were the CEO. So are, are the two of you ready to show the world how you'd run the company. Let's do it. I'm all down. Right. Yeah, I'll drive it into the ground with all my bad decisions. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Our first question comes from Matt Curran. As a sizable investor in not just Nintendo, but other massively successful gaming publishers like Activision, how will you work to increase profit above all else, potentially even at the cost of game quality and fairness? Oh my god, that is that's a very serious question. Yeah. That's like something they're actually asking themselves at Nintendo. <laughs> um I would say volume. I would do more I would have more franchises out within any given year than we have currently. Um I would also probably start rolling out ports a lot more often. Um I think that that's a cheap and easy way. Nintendo we're already seeing it with Nintendo, but I think a, a little more often would be a good good move on their part. But like I said, also new experiences to kind of balance it out. Yeah, and there's there's always that rumored cache of games that are complete that are unreleased, right? Like, supposedly Pikmin 3 is done. That's Miyamoto said that like six years ago. You said Pikmin the, 3. Yeah. <laughs> it like, is. Or I'm sorry, he was Pikmin right. 4. Pikmin yeah, four. sorry, Pikmin 4. <laughs> yeah. And uh, was it the, uh, there's the, every couple of months uh, you get that new story that's like, no, that Metroid remaster is done. They're just sitting on it, you know? All rumors, of course, but just, you know, release all those. Just do that. <laughs> just <laughs> upload them. How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's that's such a simple solution, really. It's like they have all these completed yeah. projects. Just just put it out. Like, what is the reason why they're not doing that? Yeah. If it's all true. for the, I, Yeah, I don't know. who knows how much of that is true. But, uh, yeah. yeah, in the face of, yeah, I don't know. It's I. 
I, I'm such a sucker for ports, she says as well. Like I, I would, I want more Switch versions of old games. You know, is yeah. I it, it I I can't say it's quick and easy. I have no idea how hard it is to do that stuff. I'm not a developer, but yeah. it seems simpler than making a brand new game. You know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that seems like the most obvious thing to me would be to take their entire handheld lineup that doesn't exist on Switch. Um, mm. Not just like the retro stuff everyone expects, you know, at some point, maybe like a Game Boy collection, but just going to their 3DS library. How many, like, only a few years ago, we were, there were stories of people asking, why isn't this game coming to Switch as well when Switch was new? You know, that 2017 to 2018, like uh, the the Metroid Samus Returns, uh, that coming Warrior to Wear, 3DS. Gold. Yep, well, yeah. exactly. Another one. Um, Fire Kid Emblem Echoes. Kid- that could really use a port with better controls. That'd be great. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, so, many great, as well. so many yeah. great DS and 3DS games that, you know, they could rework to play on the Switch. I mean, they came to they came to Wii U with the DS games. I mean, I know it had the game pad, so they could do the dual screen. But Switch at least has a touch screen. You know, maybe maybe that's a Switch Pro feature. Maybe the Switch Pro will have a way to play on the system and on your TV, like two screens. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I I mean, it's like this kind of gets beyond the scope of the question, but just like thinking ahead of about that idea of like, what would I do if I ran Nintendo? And like one of the things that I would want from Nintendo is like, I overall, I think they do a lot of things really well and better than the sort of the Nintendo, uh, sorry, Microsoft and Sony, just in general. Like I think they take more time with their games. They kind of release them when they're truly ready. That sort of thing, like they're nailing. Like, um, and, uh, and then they, the, but the thing that I would kind of, want them to do it's like there's these stories of them hiring developers like I, I think there was a quote from Miyamoto or something where he said like we try to bring in people who actually aren't big, big gamers to help us make games to get that new perspective and I'm like that's brilliant absolutely do that get new people with new ideas in but I think there should also be like an internal just team I guess you could say or like a studio that is made up of those people who love video games and love Nintendo history that is just fully devoted, like almost like um, like uh, Frank Cifaldi's like you know uh, history efforts and like with video games and stuff like that, where they internally release make and release the best like uh, ports and remasters with like all kinds of interesting information like to go along with them. Like there's that that was that big you know the Giga leak. Like I would love to see that stuff actually come like officially from Nintendo. Like I think it would be awesome for them to like release an old game and part of the bonus features of that is just like all that kind of like information that people essentially had to steal you know like as part of like an official like hey here's everything about this game almost like just from like a historical perspective like as like a textbook opportunity to like look at these games and I think it would be cool if like there was just a a big group internally that did that while they maintain doing all the other stuff that they're doing, which is, like, making really novel and unique video games to move forward in the future. Because, like, I think a lot of, like... I don't think Miyamoto's interested in the past. I think he's, like, surprised that people are so interested in old games. You know what I mean? But there are people who would obviously love to do that as a job. And I think, like, um, I, that that's kind of what I would like to see, is just, like, build a team internally to just focus on the historical sort of aspect of Nintendo. You know what I mean? To- yeah, to build off of that, <clears throat> I would say uh, one of the things I've always thought about is that Nintendo should do, uh, they should start building a documentary division. And actually, while all the veterans in the company are still within the company, uh, have 
a production company, interview them, use the, the stuff that got leaked, uh, which I'm, I'm assuming is a lot more than that, that's at Nintendo headquarters, and talk about that stuff and release movies, documentary films uh, about the stuff that we didn't know, the stuff that we want to know more of, you know, as far as the production of the original Super Mario and everything else, Ocarina of Time, whatever. People like me are incredibly interested in that stuff. And so to have it from an official source, it's a no-brainer. You'd make so much money off of that. It's not even like a gift towards us. It would be like a financially, you know, viable option for Nintendo and preserve yeah. history within the company. Yeah, I would love I feel to like, see that. I feel like Iwata was yes. at least flirting with that a little bit, especially with his Iwata Asks sort of yeah. features. Like, mm. every one of those is such a just a fascinating read of just, like, old pals talking about working on these games in the late 80s and early 90s, you know? And I just, I wish there was, I mean, it's so unfortunate that Iwata passed away, but I, I, wish, I wish there was someone who would sort of take up that idea that he was sort of approaching of like let's let's talk about this stuff in a public forum just to like give fans an opportunity to see it you know yeah those there i mean back in the day the players guides especially the japanese players guides used to have the developer interviews in the very back and they've, they've went away from those probably around like end of the gamecube era and as you said a lot of ask were like the peaks behind the curtain that we used to get I can't wait for that full book to come out. It's coming out soon this year. It's going to be like a treasure trove. But I'm with you, she says. Like I really wish that they would do more of that, what we were suggesting. I mean, it seems like both Nintendo and Sony are moving away from that direction, that uh, preservation and, you know, older... They're not as interested in the older games unless, you know, they propose some kind of value to them. Like through an anniversary event, you know, limited time editions of re-releases, where someone like Microsoft has, you know, rightfully so earning praise for how they're handling their back catalog and and, and keeping their old games updated, you know, optimizing them for current gen systems, and it's just interesting, especially with Sony, because I thought Sony would at least stick with that, and they didn't, and Nintendo as well, just moving away from that. It's been kind of a kind of a downer about that. Yeah, uh, documentary stuff always interests me. I wish Nintendo would do it. It'd be great bonus feature stuff to include in the special edition. Like, imagine if the Super Mario 3D All-Stars came with each of them had a behind-the-scenes thing on each of those three games. How awesome that would be with the interviews. I, I want that so badly. I, I'm with you. Yeah, footage yeah. of Miyamoto playing banjo. You know, give me that. <laughs> that's like I just connect that imagery with Super Mario 64 because there were so many pictures of him in magazines just with a banjo in his hand talking about Mario <laughs> I oh I thought you were talking era. about Banjo-Kazooie no yeah. no no, okay. no that yeah, was the, the first second but then you yeah I, I realized what you meant but either yeah. banjo is fine with me yeah. you know video of Miyamoto <laughs> playing Banjo-Kazooie that'd be fantastic <laughs> our next question um, this might be the most serious question we received of the bunch okay. comes from Robert Cassidy. What method would you have used to execute Mario and how would you have shared it with your fans? You want to take this one first, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, you know how in Super Mario World you can ride Yoshi and jump over a cliff and sacrifice Yoshi to continue? Mm -hmm. I just want that like as a reverse situation. Like Yoshi's riding Mario and sacrifices him in order to continue. Perfect. I, 
I don't really know. I, okay. I, is that a trailer? I don't know, but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. So for me, I would have uh, the goalpost from Super Mario World um, with a little anniversary flag at the top. And as Mario completes the stage, the bar is replaced with a guillotine and just drops on him. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> the end of Mario. So wait, what, well, what if you grab the top of the pole? Are you safe? It's only if you go to the bottom of the pole. Oh, the flagpole. Okay, so the top of the flagpole from the original Mario Brothers would be a bomb. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, you, you were saying the the gates at the end of Mario World. Oh, just, yeah, just, I was I was confusing it. But the flagpole yeah, is yeah, what yeah. I was gonna do because I was gonna say the the punishment would be Mario jumps past the flagpole, and it like the flagpole just vanishes so he can't end the level so Mario just has to run forever until time runs out and he dies a slow painful death just like running to futility forever I'm or familiar he, with that he's full <laughs> retirement you know we could have we could have uh, talked about that I suppose too <laughs> just oh jeez why didn't I, yeah. I, I why couldn't I have been more humane mine was the worst one yeah <laughs> You guys see Nintendo doing like uh, they could have right, gone right into the Zelda 35th and just said like Link down stab like Mario bounce <laughs> off his body. It's like my turn. It's like, <laughs> just keep that cycle Perfect. going. Yeah. But Mario, you will you will be missed. I, I was it a joke? An April Fool's joke? Someone said CNN actually had an article about people around the world thinking Mario was like can't like done. Like, like they, Nintendo was actually killing off Mario. No, that or was, was that real. a joke. That was that was a real CNN story. Yeah, All I think right. it went up on like the thirtieth or something like that. Yeah, All it was. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. That's incredible. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. I have to That's read that amazing. now. I was scared because I thought it was an April Fool's joke. It was gonna be a waste of my time, but we'll see. This next one comes from Declan. Hello, I am Mister Investor. How will you make me all of the money when your hardware can't even run last-gen games, let alone current-gen ones? How do you get third-party support to increase revenue so that I can have my bathroom turned into solid gold? <laughs> I love the, the flavorful wording there. Um, okay, how to get third-party on board. I suppose... One, you do have a console that keeps up with uh, the competitors, so that way there's an easy port. Um, I would also, I, I would buy, I would start doing what Microsoft is doing. I think that it's a very smart move on their part, and as your Nintendo CEO, I would do the same. I'd start buying up um, smaller but popular companies like Sega or Konami, you know, Th get those exclusives in, uh, drive in more need-to-have sales. Um, you know, must-have titles that people can't ignore, even as a non-Nintendo fan. Uh, my answer is a lot simpler. It's uh, you just release Monster Hunt, Monster Hunter Rise, then you just call it a day. You're just <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Four million, I think they announced uh, earlier today. Uh, something. Yeah, like that. it's first shipment of. Remember when that was the though. niche game? Jeez. I know. It's so weird. I'm, you know what, I, I, I think um, I like your idea, she says. I think they should maybe consider buying up a lot of smaller publishers. Sega might be on the bigger end, I would say. I'm thinking of things like, like NIS America or Neon Falcom or mm. 
some of those smaller Japanese publishers that seem to have titles that come out on Switch that do moderately successfully, but, you know, they could want, you know, as long as they're exclusive on Nintendo, it helps bolster the lineup. Because those are the games I don't think are ever going to utilize, like, high-end GPU, CPU power for, like, a next-gen console. They'll always run fine on, like, a Switch, even in handheld mode. So those are the ones. But, you know what? Uh, if I was CEO... I would be saying right now, you know what? The time has come. The people actually will pay a premium for a high-end Nintendo system, even if it's handheld. Even if it costs the same amount as a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, people will pay for it. And you know what? I think they're ready for it again. I think we're ready to try the GameCube experiment again, except you know what? Just be at parity. No weird, fake, no, no lack of DVD playback. Like, you need to have everything available and be at parity and you know what i think it'll go smoother this time i want to try that people call yeah. me crazy but i want to try i want that high-end nintendo system one more time yeah so I, I mean i agree with that i think that the reason why the gamecube fell behind <clears throat> was for a, a myriad of reasons and there's so many that are easily correctable um one was that they were being a little too experimental in an age where people were very excited about just seeing the games that they loved look a lot better you know, um, and also just the overall look and design of the system, it just, it didn't resonate well with teenagers that were growing up that, you know, there was a lot of install base that were young people that were going through an eight, a time in their life where they wanted to be accepted as cool or, you know, uh, just had a, the cool system. And so to have this pink lunchbox, I'm sorry, purple lunchbox, um, it, it didn't do well for, for that image. So. I think that's a lot of things that held it back. Those are easy things that you can address. I mean, we're already seeing it with the Nintendo Switch. It's not a very goofy-looking console. Um, and, yeah, I, if Nintendo really put their strong foot forward in terms of just horsepower, uh, th first of all, that would, in, uh, it would basically invite a lot more people to want to make games third-party-wise uh, because they have no limitations as far as how far they can go with their games. So, yeah, do it, Nintendo. I mean... Well, I'll, we'll do it. <laughs> We're your CEOs. Promise you that. We're doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> We've already signed the, the paperwork. Yeah. I, I mean, think about, <laughs> real quick, think about GameCube, though. Like, I, uh, those, all those reasons, I think, contributed. Part of me still thinks if they just had DVD playback, they could have overcome yeah. a bunch of that stuff because they did get a great amount of third-party support. Um, they had, they didn't have everything, but they had some heavy hitters. And I think a lot of average consumers just saw the PS2 as not only, it was a popularity thing for sure. And Nintendo kind of lost that image battle, but at the same time, people looking for practical reasons to own things. Why cell phones are considered so essential because they can do so many things over like, why doesn't like a Nintendo just make like a cell phone or something? It's like, well, or you know, something like that will self people want their cell phones to do everything they need it to do. And Nintendo probably wouldn't do that. That's why all these other makers don't get in. GameCube didn't play DVDs and people wanted a DVD player. And I knew everyone who had one was like, well, you watch DVDs on it. It was like, it's a very common thing. And I think they just, that was their biggest miscalculation in my opinion. May not, may might not have overtaken PlayStation 2, but they would have been way more competitive, I think, just on that alone. 
Yeah, it's funny because now we've kind of circled back. Like, now the benefit <laughs> is, like, a system that just plays games, you know? The Xbox <laughs> yeah. Series X, you know? It doesn't Don't worry about TV. It's fine. You know, you can get Netflix on there. That's all you need. You know what? Like, uh, in this day and age, there's a good... Uh, blend of both worlds where it's like yes you need a console that just plays games yes you need a console that offers more than just plays the current gen games so what if the big focus was not necessarily multimedia because a lot of people's smart TVs now do that these days with you know streaming services and stuff like that what if instead this console offered a, ra- a wide range of backwards compatibility put in your 3DS cartridge it works put in your Switch cartridge it works everything that's a small cartridge could fit into this this multi-slot like the know? sd card readers they have like the yeah this have one that like one size fits all or whatever just to whatever's yeah. the smallest one whatever's the largest one and then everything in between just have like i don't know different grooves i don't know but, but mm-hmm. i yeah like I, I honestly didn't want i always like thought to myself why isn't there just a switch model that could just insert 3ds cartridges and ds cartridges yeah, into it i was like yeah I mean, the Game Boy player was kind of that. It played OG Game Boy and then Game Boy Color and then G- Game Boy Advance games. And just, they all fit into there. So I was like, why can't the Switch do that? Uh, that's a fair question. Someday, hopefully. Someday. Uh, our next one comes from Michelle Jackson. How do you weigh the value of new ideas versus proven successes? Hmm. I mean, I think the sort of money-making CEO would favor uh, proven successes, right? But the thing I love about Nintendo in general is that I think they do favor ingenuity and new ideas, sometimes to a fault, right? Because it's like, we want all these old games, but, like, we also get, like, really novel new experiences. There's a lot of value in them sort of doing first. You know, some don't succeed, but the ones that do are, like, stellar and really take the company a long way so like like i said i think like if we're playing ceo like just let's let's make money you favor the proven successes but i i think nintendo in in reality favors original ideas which i love and i appreciate for sure yeah i think uh nintendo right now has a well i actually say that nintendo right now is starting to do a blend of uh what you know and something new right so like luigi's mansion 3 doesn't feel like it's too much of a deviation from the original and stuff like that um whereas super mario sunshine back in the day was a gross like just different directions like yes it's 3d mario but now you have a water apparatus attached to you and that there's a lot of gameplay that revolves around that and i know a lot of people didn't care for that i know there's a lot of people that do these days but um i guess if it were up to me i would say what innovations can you do to make the player feel like it's better or cooler or you know like they have a better something that they can like look at and be like i want to do that not something that's like i'm being challenged to decide if i like it or not by giving it a chance you know if they just look at this new gameplay mechanic and think like i want to do that um nintendo seems to have this problem where it's like we're gonna give you this idea and you're just going to accept it because we know better you know and sometimes i think that they need a better perspective than that like if they're gonna do innovative gameplay, um, Breath of the Wild was a brilliant idea, and I think that a lot of that stems from the idea of like, would a player want to climb up a, a, a cliff? Yes, they would. Would they like to glide across the landscape? I think so. You know, it's not this idea of like, do they want to ride on a boat for ninety percent of the game? 
well, they're going to. <laughs> We're going to prove that it's a good idea. And it was a really solid idea, but I think that, once again, it's like the cell shading and everything else. It's like there was a lot to they had to prove um, versus what, you know, putting the ear to the ground and listening to what people actually want. So um, I would basically, I would install that mantra. I don't know if I used that word right, but I would basically install that philosophy into the company before doing any ingenuity within franchises or making new franchises. Yeah, the I'll add to that as well. It's something I think they also kind of have sometimes forced upon players, not just the the creative vision, like you're, you're going to deal with this mechanic. It's how you control the game. Nintendo has had some notorious examples of we don't... Accessibility be damned. You are playing the game this way. And... To be fair, like referring to like Wii days, some of that backlash was just haters hating. It wasn't like people didn't care about accessibility. It was like, I don't like this. This is different. I don't want to play this way. But, you know, the last probably decade, we've seen the need and the push, and, and rightfully so, from voices saying, please be more inclusive with how people can play games because not everyone can play the game that way. Uh, you need to have a better focus on accessibility. So games that will use motion controls, um, something like Kid Icarus, you mentioned Kid Icarus, but that control scheme is very restrictive to a lot of people. So if anything, I think be creative with your gameplay mechanics for sure and, and balance making sure that's something people want to actually do and seems fun. But if you're going to have some kind of gimmicky control style, you need to have a way for players to fall back on a more default traditional or other options. Just give players the ability to play the game how they want to play it and don't force them to use a certain control scheme. I, I think that's the Nintendo is the worst at this. Absolutely. Yeah, Star Fox Zero being a good example of that. I ended up enjoying that game, but yeah, it's it was basically like there was just no reception to the feedback i think at that point it was probably too late anyway but uh yeah it, it didn't sell well and it's largely to do with the fact that uh nintendo basically said it's going to be this way and you're going to like it trust me and a lot of people didn't like it so you know so that was like a, a miss on their part and that's basic again you know that's that's basically where i'm at with it it's like is it going to make the experience of the player better you know I think, like, in some ways, too, Nintendo is a little bit behind. Um, and again, Breath of the Wild is a great example of them not being behind. Instead, they're pushing forward and thinking of new ideas that make the series more interesting and fresh. But, like, you know, I, the last discussion we had, I, I talked about Pikmin 4, my ideas for Pikmin 4. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of complaints that I see people have, even the ones that picked up and gave Pikmin 3 a chance, they say they get stressed out by the time limit. So I'm not, as a hardcore fan, I could see an innovative idea for the Pikmin franchise to steer away from that and do something different while still having, you know, the core idea, which is harvest Pikmin, collect things and, you know, make progress. And like one of the ideas that I had to basically make it more fun for the player is to have an, you know, a complete world that you can go from start to finish walk through, you know, mm. um, that would be new. That'd be fresh. And that would be really interesting to fans like me. It would make the, the adventure feel more grand, you know? Um, but yeah, sorry, for that moment in my head, I was like, oh God, I can go on this whole other topic, but I know you have questions, so I'll let you get back to them. Yeah, I, I, will, uh, I will say this last thing. Um, one, as if I'm a you know CEO who really cares about profits, I do think, being brutally honest, 
and I care about money. <laughs> Nintendo takes too long to get the games out. I would I would absolutely put more pressure on them to get Breath of the Wild 2 out sooner. How long it's take? I'd be like, no. What what are you what are you taking so long? Get these sequels out faster. There should have been already, there should be an Odyssey 2. Should be Breath of the Wild 2. Where's the next Fire Emblem? Like these games sold. Where's Mario Kart 9? I understand the like, counters will be well. Well, you're gonna cannibalize sales. Like, no, you gotta keep the momentum going. Like, it, 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 yeah, they're still charting, but a new one could be back at number one and stay at number one for like a year or two or whatever. Like, kickstart that momentum back into like the the maximum amount, maximizing profits. I just see. I would as a C, as the CEO, I'd be like to my development teams, like you're taking too long. I understand you're trying to be innovative, like Breath of the Wild too. They're probably doing something ingenious that as like, you know, content creators, journalists, reviewers, whatever you want to call yourselves, we will appreciate that as fans. Basically, we will appreciate the time they take. But as CEO and then the people and investors demanding money, they I don't think they buy that as much. I mean, obviously, they care about because they want positive image. Because that helps the brand and helps the, the the power of the brand, but at the same time, I think investors could be man, you're taking too long with these sequels. Get them out, you know. Get get us more money, like get more sales. You animal, you should be making Animal Crossing two right now. Like where, where's like Animal Crossing? Well, uh, yeah, the like instead of an island, let's go to a city. Like just come on, let's do it. You know, city folk. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> and then that's what yeah. a developer throw back in your face. We already did this. You, work, work yeah. you don't pay attention. Accomplished, boss. You don't know yeah. games. Shut up, dumb investors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but as the consumer, I'm definitely like, a, dude, take all the time you want, man. I'll pl- I'll wait as long as you want to work on Breath of the Wild 2. Honest- honestly, like, take the Pixar approach of, like, only pursue a sequel if the creator sort of has an idea they want to pursue. Like, I'm totally fine with that as a consumer. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. For sure. All right. Our, our next question comes from uh, Ehab uh, Abdulatif. As an investor who likes to double his profits, <laughs> how would you implement future surprise boxes in order to make more money? Surprise boxes? Loot boxes. Can you me out with that? Loot boxes. That's Loot the boxes. code name they people started to call them to get around. Yeah, it's... The whole thing about dodging the legal backlash to loot boxes, so people tried calling them not loot boxes when they were questioned by Congress oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, so loot boxes. So you, what are you gonna do with loot boxes to, to make more money in Nintendo games? Uh, There's better ways to make more money. Sorry, not yeah, in my company. I would, <laughs> I would pressure politicians to make them illegal faster so that I can just shrug my shoulders to the investors because uh, I'm, I'm eager for those to just no longer exist, you know? And if they're, if you can be the CEO and be like, government says we can't implement them, sorry, then that's an easier response than we're looking into it, you know? Man, <laughs> I got, I, I'd have so many dirty ideas for loot boxes of Nintendo uh, if I was like the evil, greedy <laughs> CEO. Like your Pikmin 4, she says, I'm absolutely having a special colored Pikmin that's going down, and if you pay it, it'll bring you back a box, and they can have a random Pikmin in there, or a random item for you to boost your, you know, here's like 10 free <laughs> Here's a time bonus. Hey, hey you ran out of Pikmin? Here. Yeah, here, open this I mean, loot box, you might get more Pikmin out of it. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I, I feel like sometimes I'm dread. I'm, I'm actually not a big Animal Crossing guy, but like my, my family is, and I'm just dreading, just dreading the day that they implement some kind of microtransaction into it because it's just like, 
I, I, I'm so thankful that oh. that game really lived. I mean, the closest you can get is like buying those cards. You know what I mean? At uh, at a store, those like amiibo cards or whatever they're called. And that's like, even that's I mean, a little amiibo like, is pretty I, much I don't a love those either. Function yeah. like loot by like Breath of the Wild. They were pretty much yeah. like, well, you yeah. get the costume this time. Nope, <laughs> you got another rupee. Thank you. Animal Crossing really could stand to have some expansion packs, though, like a mm. separate team working on content um, along the way. And that's another thing, too, is, like, whatever is going on with the, the Animal Crossing team, there needs to be <coughs> something. There's a better solution out there. There needs to be, like, another separate team. You know, like they do with, like, um, the Bethesda games. They'll have, like, um, two different dev teams working you know simultaneously or something like that mm. and then someone will come out with like uh fallout 3 versus uh, new vegas and all that stuff um w- yeah we just need something like that so that there's more content in animal crossing because the progression the free content is coming out really slow and i unfortunately lost interest uh before it could catch up to me yeah i i agree i think they could have made it borderline i mean game as a service if they went in with that mentality there and had almost weekly updates bottom minimum monthly but had uh an even more detailed roadmap obviously they gave a loose roadmap but i think they needed to be more aggressive absolutely um and i think they had a chance to correct that you know there was a window there i think they could have realized hey this is a little too slow let's get some more developers on this let's pick up the pace you know we can do like a they could have done like a few months after its release like hey actually we're gonna have a another animal crossing direct hey we want to update you we're going bigger with this we got like a, a season coming up like a new season with like maybe like some like new feature a bunch of new features um like every week you're going to be doing a new event some, something that was just like very exciting and gave people a lot of what they were asking for and that just never really happens, specifically quality of life stuff. I think they really missed mm-hmm. the boat on addressing a lot of that stuff, too. And honestly, I'm not that surprised, though, given Nintendo. This is the company that had Super Mario Party become the best selling in the series, and it didn't have one piece of, like, content <laughs> updates. And it's like, wait, what? This is, like, perfect for release new boards. Like, what are you doing? Like, or, you know, even Odyssey. Like, uh... They, they just don't do it sometimes. It's not their MO. They yeah. move on to a sequel rather than supporting a game for so long. But I think Animal Crossing is a game that would have been the one they could have done this for. So I'm a little surprised, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, th- I think there's too many cogs moving within internally at the company because obviously these solutions seem so freaking obvious, don't they? Yeah. It's like, yeah, these this is something that's like we shouldn't even have to say this. Um but it's it's got to be like there's got to be like an old process within the company or something where there isn't one person that can make a core executive decision like that. It's probably mm-hmm. got to go through tiers of people and there's like red tape at every turn or something. I don't know. But like, yeah, again, if I was your CEO, <laughs> we'd have we would have that shake up. There'd definitely be a, a different way that things work internally. Um, yeah, because I guess it does seem like oh, I'm go still for so it. I was just going to say I'm still so appreciative, though, as like just the idea that animal crossing is a singular single payment experience yeah you know what i mean like i am grateful for those experiences i don't really like games as service like just on a personal level so like i'm glad nintendo is still sort of pursuing because i don't think it like it wouldn't make the game more fun or better necessarily to have the option to buy additional content when it came out i'd rather them focus on making that core experience that you buy at the beginning that you pay for once 
great. Absolutely. You know? I, I think like, that, yeah. like... Well, you know, what's funny is that I feel like uh, New Horizons is still a little scant on core content as it is. That's totally... Like yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, For if sure. anything, the base game should have more. Um, but, like, I would say... Th- Ideally, I would say that the base game would have even more content than we actually got. And then in tandem, if you want to buy more stuff, that would be fine, too. I think like of like the original Sims, where you buy the first Sims, and it's a fine experience on its own right. But then you can start buying more stuff if you really want more content out of that game. Um, but yeah, I don't want it to become a point where it's like you're just getting a fraction of the game, and then they piece yeah. out the rest of it to you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I would ne- wouldn't want that to happen, either. Yeah, I agree. Um, we kind of already it's talked so, about this. Next- oh, sorry. Go it's ahead. It's so Go hard on. for me to put myself in the CEO mind space of like profit because I'm like just like, well, no, yeah, I just want the games to be good because I just want to play the games. I, I mean, yeah, ultimately, still- I don't really care if Nintendo's yeah. turning a profit. I just want to play good <laughs> games. You know, we're still coming yeah. at it from a consumer angle. I, I, I know. Like, it's like so CEO hard. would be like, yeah, give a great, have a great core game, but. Uh, for like January of this year, it should have been like, here's season two of Animal Crossing. Let's go. Yeah, like, what's yeah. the 2021 season pass for Animal Crossing? You know, we we gotta keep making this game selling well, but we also want to keep making money off people who already purchased it. Uh, you know, 30 plus million owners. You know, that's a lot of money sitting on the table there. So this is the the greed that goes on in those <laughs> discussions. Sadly. Yeah. Uh, sorry, as I was saying that this next one we kind of already talked about. I'll just give it a mention. Dakota Hayes. Uh, want to know why we haven't bought Sega yet? Obviously, it's Sega and <laughs> including Atlas. Um, this this has kind of come up a lot. Uh, there were rumors that uh, was it was it Jeff Grubb? I forget who said that Microsoft had another acquisition coming up in the works that was apparently as big as Bethesda, and people were hmm. speculating it might be Sega because Sega Sammy actually split up its uh, like pleasure entertainment like it's a pachinko department and it's console pc gaming they spun them off into two separate entities within the company which may of people speculate that might have made it easier to buy that one entity instead of the whole i don't know i'm not that's not my expertise but yeah people thought it was like oh this is happening because uh i'm sorry microsoft is getting ready to buy sega and as you know microsoft wants a better foothold with you know the japanese market and you know fans of japanese made games and that would definitely strike a chord with their consumers but this has come with nintendo for so long ever since the sega went third party and sonic they're like why is not nintendo just bought sega you know so maybe that's a simple I mean, they, question yeah they don't really acquire a lot i mean they bought yeah. the luigi's mansion developer and i was like whoa oh next level that, yeah that's like so such a huge surprise like they work they have a lot of partnerships and they have like exclusive partnerships you know the game freak and stuff but like yeah they don't they don't often buy stuff so yeah it's not i'm i'm not surprised they never bought sega because it's like they're just not what they do they'll work with sega but yeah what was the company that made the mario and luigi series they alpha dream they didn't even keep them Uh, alive uh it's Alpha Dream, right? Alpha Dream, yeah. Yeah, yes, Alpha yeah. Dream. yeah, they allowed that company to run itself into the ground and didn't do anything to keep it keep the doors open. Which yeah, I was, was yeah, shocked. That was yeah, that's um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's just how little they w- that yeah to speak to the idea that they don't buy companies that often. That, that really shows to what degree they won't. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess um, in that one instance, like it's amazing that they did. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, like, on Nintendo's end, they're inc- 
incredibly conservative fiscally. Um, so, like, I, f I find that there's a lot of co uh, games that come from, like, Sony and Microsoft that are huge in scale, and you play them, and you're like, how is it that Nintendo does never goes, like, this degree, you know? And I, I realize it's like, oh, if you keep the projects on a smaller scale, you know, the ones that are slightly bigger become that more grandiose by comparison to their smaller scales, and you just polish each of those experiences to uh, as much as you possibly can, but keep it small, you spend less money, you know? And then the profits are still good. You still have the fan base that are buying into it either way, you know? So I feel like that's what they're doing over there. And uh, again, like, to get back on topic, it's like to then spend that amount of money to own another company to get those IPs would they even want to do anything with it because there's so many Nintendo IPs that they already have that they're not utilizing you know yeah so it's like oh well now we got Sonic the Hedgehog on our lap and we got to worry about this thing you know it's like okay <laughs> who are we going to get to develop this game now great that's going to cost us a, another 0.5% of our total profits yeah <laughs> you know they seem Our to, total bank account. Yeah, they seem to do deals when it makes sense for exclusive entries on their platform. But even then, they can get very picky. Like, the whole thing with the Wonderful 101, the remaster, they, the they, Platinum Games approached Nintendo and like, yeah, we don't want to fund this. You can go ahead and do it on your own, though. But, like, mm. sometimes, like, yeah, like, I think they have enough on their plate, as you said, she says. Like, they don't sometimes need these other projects. So a hole in their company and a bevy of IPs are like... These are great, but, like, we would just have you work on them as you would anyway, so why would we pay for you? Like, we'd rather yeah. you just release them on our system and you take care of them and we don't have to worry about it. So Yeah, I mean, I we have to answer all it. these Mother 3 emails. That those those e that inbox is getting full, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. And speaking <laughs> of Mother 3, great segue, because that is our next question from Joseph Caruso. Oh. I have a single wow. question. How much are we charging for Mother 3? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Mother 3 would go for $20 uh, if it was as it is. I think um, they would – I don't know. They're, the tough call is whether or not you make the concessions to uh, appeal to a more sensitive U.S. culture, I guess. That's the reason why supposedly it never came out. Um, I think I would probably, in that case – leave the game as it is maybe have a disclaimer saying that we understand that there are u.s sensitivities to certain things we decide to keep the project as it is please you know be uh respectful and understand that we understand <laughs> so, blah 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 disclaimer yeah, like the, the, like the what looney tunes yeah i was gonna say the warner brothers thing that they had exactly to do. same thing with yeah, like gone exactly. with the wind what hbo max had to do before they put it back up you know I, I, yeah. I think that would fly as I think that, that would work and I would beginning. also I would also have a deluxe version where you could play the broken build of the N64 oh. original. <laughs> yeah, see this this is our team that we were starting at the beginning who are going to like focus on the historical elements yeah. of Nintendo. Like they're putting that together, you know. That would be Absolutely. amazing. Oh man. But yeah. uh, I would like, just put it on This uh, is bonus content. This is not meant to work properly. You can get a look into what it used to be. Or something like that. And be very careful with that wording, too, because Sega did something similar, and the original developers got very upset by the wording. So call it a demo or something. Yeah, just call it an in-process you know, project or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would, um, I would raise the Nintendo Online subscription by $5, 
And when everyone is really upset about that, give them 24 hours to be irate about it, and then announce that Mother 3 is coming to the platform uh, soon. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like old Nintendo. Strength yeah. <laughs> value proposition. That's a good yeah. decision. I say whatever they Just whatever like, that's going on with Mother, you release anything, you that's a premium. Absolutely, you are charging for that. And yeah. uh, you know what? Make it they even do better. We're gonna make it a timed exclusive. Uh, one of those uh, oh. Vault games where Vault <laughs> you got three months to buy Mother Three, and if you don't buy it, it's going bye bye. We we don't know if it and when it'll ever come back. <laughs> That As your perfect. CEO, I would not ever do anything like that again. Um, I'll, 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 I'll raise you this instead. Um, I would lift this idea that there's another company philosophy that's become very apparent through a couple of interviews and stuff like that, that a lot of these people that want to make sequels to certain games in Nintendo franchises have to go to the original creator to get their blessing, essentially. Uh, Punch-Out! almost didn't happen on the Wii because uh, Ginyo Takara... Uh, was approached and he was like well what can we do differently with the franchise why would we put out a game simply for it to be on the Wii and they convinced him by saying like oh we'll use uh, the motion control so that you're in control of the boxer and that's how they got the green light and nobody used the motion control and we got a great game out of it um, I would lift that 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 philosophy I would basically be like no we can have a board of people decide whether or not it makes sense to make a sequel and with that in mind we could see, start to see things like a, a claymation remake of Earthbound with 3D mm -hmm. graphics. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. That would be very good. So I, I'll, I'll take one of my big things. Give me that F-Zero. Give me that new wave. <laughs> yeah, F-Zero. Heck, I mean, and the, sure. and as a CEO, I'd be like, these games don't need to be $60 either. I would take a just an, a sequel to F-Zero GX that's like, like $29.99 or $34.99. You know, I, I do think... There is a, a missed opportunity with some of their franchises, their dormant franchises, that they can come back and they don't have to be AAA efforts. They can be what they were before, just updated slightly, and don't charge full price. I know that's not in Nintendo's MO, but heck, I yeah. want more sales. I want more revenue. So, like, I'm CEO. I'm authorizing it. That, that would work. Um, my idea for the F-Zero franchise is to have a modified engine for the racing portion, but also have a GTA-like experience of Mute City. Oh, man, yes. And you get to be the bounty hunter that is Captain Falcon. Okay. And you get to collect cool. bounties and race. And so you get the best of both worlds. And the online component is you can race on tracks, and you can also do drag racing in Mute City <laughs> if you want. I mean, all the mission. I mean, ba all the missions can just be like chase sequences. Get to this point before the bounty leaves. You know what I mean? And then you get you get sure. your F Zero racing game out of there. You know. I want to see Captain Falcon use that gun. <laughs> he has like that Judge gun. Dredd, I want to see him yeah. use it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> he is Judge Dredd. <laughs> you just have him say instead of like Falcon Punch, I am the law. Punch. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Next question comes from NextGen Hef. Could you please explain why first-party games are always released at midnight Eastern Standard Time, while major third-party titles are not always released at the same time? Why do you not give us a countdown clock or exact time for game and DLC releases? <laughs> oh. 
it's a know. secret. That's I didn't know that was CEO an issue, answer. but I'll talk to my people and we'll figure it out. <laughs> oh yeah, no man, that's absolutely an issue. With uh, I mean, working at Game Informer, I mean, I'm sure Damiani, you run into it too. I mean, there's like embargoes to meet and like yep. videos you want to produce based on games. And I remember like there's so many instances where I would go in the office and be like, okay, we should make a video about this today. Let me go download it. It's like. Well, wait, when is it coming out? And then even I would email Nintendo and they'd be like, look, it, it releases like between this time and this time. It's kind of inconsistent. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's that's what wow. I mean. Like, <laughs> Jeez, I didn't know that. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. That is that is very odd. I, I don't know if that's just a – I think that might be one of those things that maybe Nintendo just doesn't realize people want. They People like to plan their schedule around game releases. I certainly do. And there yeah, was a they, point where major Nintendo releases in North America, at least in the U.S., did come out on Tuesdays. I forget when it yeah. switched oh, yeah. over to Fridays. Was if it was the Wii era was when it started to happen, or if it was Wii U? Um, yeah, I mean that was, was like, when that was like DVDs, CDs, release yeah. days, and yeah. then and video games found Tuesdays. Yeah, I, exactly. I worked retail for a long time. At least so here, I, that. I, I know Japan. It has been uh, was it Friday or Saturday for like the, forever. So I wonder if they just wanted to move to a more universal. Everything comes out at the same time. So because the biggest thing, uh, the CEO, the thing that like I would be the confusion I see happening is like, I want our games to be enjoyed and, and get as much attention, but we can't have these faux pas anymore of someone in a different territory is legally allowed to play it. It's available in New Zealand. They start streaming it on Twitch. Their, their Twitch account gets shut down because we're going off Pacific coast time in the U S for when you're allowed to like start streaming these games. There's all like Nintendo has like a history of these weird timing issues and and like being centric to this region or whatever and it's it would be nice to maybe iron that out and not have that confusion anymore and respect a more like you know international community and international releases a little bit better. Yeah, countdown clock like that's perfect. Just- yeah. Let's get some of those. Like, yeah. It's like Steam, basically. They're talking about when Steam's unlocks, like has the clock it shows you, I believe, right? Does anyone else yeah, do I that? Yeah, I think even Xbox does it, too. Okay, yeah. I don't have Xbox. I was like, I don't think Sony does it. I have never, don't think I've ever seen it on Waiting <sighs> for Their Stuff. Maybe. I mean, I think it's like selective releases, like the big oh, ones. Oh, no, Sony does have a know. clock thing. Yeah, for Final yeah. Fantasy VII, it did. Because I was waiting for <laughs> for remake. Yeah. I was like, come on, <laughs> hurry up and <laughs> roll, roll down so I can start playing this game, please. Yeah. Yeah, we'll work. I think all three of us in agreement. We'll we'll speak to our people as CEOs and, and fix this. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get, get it done. Countdown timers, Absolutely. priority. Uh, this next one from Snivy Link. Uh, the stonks for Nintendo have fallen recently. Hello, that means I am not getting a return on my investment. I say you sell a minimum of three IPs, one to Sony. One to Microsoft and one to <laughs> Disney. Which ones will you sell and to whom? Huh. Whoa. Does it have to be one of uh, those those publishers? I guess so. For the sake, yeah, of that's question. their demand. They they yeah. they're like a they're a majority stakeholder. We gotta respect this. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Star Fox. Star Fox could probably use a new home. Um, maybe Sony get the Warhawk folks on a new Star Fox. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, let's give F Zero to Microsoft. Give the the Forza group. They can start working on a new F Zero when they're done with Fable. They only work on F games. Um, 
and then uh, who's uh, and then Disney, right? Disney. I don't know. You got any ideas? She says. Uh, for Disney, um, jeez, I would give them blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Mario. <No. laughs> well, we're not supposed to get rid of Mario. Uh, that's my I'm public ex- execution for Mario. I'll give him to <laughs> Disney. I'm trying to think of something that has like got a, a twofer. That's like cute, right? And has interesting lore that Kirby. Disney could make a fun. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, Kirby. I mean, these are you know. I don't want Nintendo to Pikmin. lose Kirby. Obviously, yeah, Pikmin. Pikmin. Pikmin's got a cool world that's like a desolated Earth. That I would like to see, like a Raya style movie. It about, seems like I a think, Pixar you know? joint for for yeah, Wall-E for approach. Like you know, let's see the the first thirty minutes of Wall-E or however long it is. Like, but Pikmin, that'd be pretty cool. I'm into that. So Pikmin, it is. We've we've decided. <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess that's okay. Uh, do you have any other ones you would have picked? She says, or yeah. uh, I would give. Well, again, assuming. Who would go to the best home? Uh, I would give Metroid to Microsoft because I think that a Western eye on that series is always when it works best. Uh, for Sony, I would probably give. Uh, let me think. I would give them. Yeah, Star Fox would be a good idea. I like that idea. The Warhawk guys. Sorry, I really agree with that one. And then for Disney, yeah, I would probably do um, Kirby. Right. I'd give them Kirby or Animal Crossing. I think that they, they could do well with either one. Yeah. yeah. Not that they make good games at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's for games. It's what's funny, like Disney making games. And the one yeah. I would want to give, I don't have the power to give, even as Nintendo CEO. We do not have majority stake over the Pokemon company, unfortunately. <laughs> so I can't force Pokemon to go to Disney. So... That's beyond my power. Um, so, oh. sorry, Snivy Link. I can't do that. Yeah. Disney, man. After Star Wars, right? They're probably like... Because that list of like most profitable IPs is like Pokemon, Star Wars, Fist of the North Star for some reason. I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff if you look on that list. But I bet they're just like, mm, Pokemon. Can we, can we put a bit on that? <laughs> so, how do we get that <laughs> one? <laughs> um, this next one's from our wool. They basically want to know, after Mario, which character shall be executed next? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Had... Well, let's see. They've already killed off Captain Falcon. Uh... <laughs> Mike Jones, he's already in that graveyard. Takamaru. So, I guess the next execution will be Star Fox. I think Star Fox is probably going to have to get the axe next. So, sorry, Fox. Uh, Being so mean to Star Fox. (laughs) I like Star Fox. But you know what? You guys are going to love those three or four projects that we got in the works. So you can buy them up real fast and then say goodbye forever. This is is funny because the very next question from Garrett is, (laughs) characters from Star Fox have already been crafted into puppets. So... Would you make them available for purchase with amiibo functionality? It's like, uh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yep, for the 35th anniversary, for sure, um, for a limited time. Uh, um, but yeah, I think 
uh, people are expecting, like, in a realistic perspective, The Legend of Zelda to be next, and, you know, to also have, like, limited time availability, and that'll be canceled. And if they bother to do anything, acknowledge the existence of Metroid. That Metroid Prime Trilogy HD, I abs if that's real and that happens, that will absolutely be a limited time thing. That They, they will force yeah, you to buy that been. ASAP, yeah. yeah, and it will be gone. Yeah, yeah and I'll buy it. <laughs> see? <laughs> it, it, Me too. It, you will buy it, see? Yeah. yeah. I got one from Ricardo here. Uh, what would be your plan for game announcements? Would you pull an Ubisoft classic? And they describe an Ubisoft classic as a controlled leak in an airplane a year or two <laughs> before a release to gauge internet interest. Or would you announce something long before it's out and ready and risk delay and constant backlash? Or stick to a short announcement release window, even in a drought year in which you know investors and consumers are hungry for any nugget of new product info? How would you handle game I, I would. I think I would uh, use polling a lot more often. Uh, I, I think that, you know, gauging player interest is important, but I think that, um, you know, leaking things ahead of time, I think that's kind of a weird tactic. If that it was, you know, calculated, who's to say really? But um, I do think that there is a problem with keeping things super hush-hush for a long time and then any company releasing it and then it falls completely short of consumer expectations and it's just something that could it could have been preventative you know so i think that you know people love doing surveys when it comes to things that they're passionate about like video games and uh i would probably do that a lot more often but i would also be very careful about how i phrase the questions because they did that in the past with the wii and you know, they polled people about their experience with Super Paper Mario, and a lot of people said the story was obnoxious. <laughs> and it was like, well, you threw in a 15-minute long intro for the game for something that looked like a platformer. Of course you're going to get bad feedback for that. And it ruined the series henceforth because they thought that, that people didn't want story in a Paper Mario game. Which, no, that's not true. So, uh, I, again, I'd be very careful about the questions asked, but I would probably poll people. It's how I would basically try to get very solid projects up and ready and give pleasant surprises to people i i actually really genuinely love the shortened announcement to release sort of window you know what i mean like i love the sort of there's a lot of it's fun to you know suddenly announce something and then like the realization that it's not too far off is super exciting um, so the fact that like directs are kind of closing that gap more and more, there's fewer directs, uh, bigger, bigger announcements closer to release. I'm all about that. I really like that a lot. I do like that too. I like it when it's like, Oh, Oh, ooh, next month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like paper <laughs> Mario, you know, speaking of. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I will say is I do like, I sort of like the announcement of the existence of a game a little bit early, but uh, people get annoyed at it, but just knowing the confirmation that, hey, there's a new Pokemon, hey, like when they did the Sword and Shield announcement, it was just in an office. That wasn't the best way to announce it, but Metroid Prime 4, just like the existence, I don't like the long wait. If, you, if your game is more than a year out and you want to announce it, I would say it had to be, if you're going to announce a game, better come out within two years, minimum. Anything longer than two years, don't announce it. 
If you're confident it's coming out within two years of an announcement date, you can announce its existence. But when you're ready to show it off, I like that short lead into the release. Like once I see the gameplay, once I see what it's about, I don't want to be waiting more than like a year. Even a year feels like too long. I want like six months or less from here's the blowout of this game. This is what it's going to be about. You're going to be playing it in six months. Like the three months ones were the best last year um, with uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King. Love that. It's like, hey, you're going to be playing this in three months. Hyrule Warriors, you're going to be playing this in three months. It's like, yes, yes, yes. So I'm fully expecting that and I would want that for this year. When next time we see Breath of the Wild too, I think it's going to be... A the release date will be like three months after we see it next. And I'm, I'm hoping that's true for like Metroid. We see Metroid, it's like, hey, show me it when it's like a few months out. I would love that and not have to wait a year. Um, but I still like the teases to get excited. It's just don't, for lack of a better word to describe it, don't Square Enix it. They have the worst <laughs> history of announcing things and they take forever to come out. Don't do that. Yeah, Avoid don't print that. a banner. Don't do that. <laughs> but man, like, <laughs> Can you let's say I, I I don't I'm not confident in this in any way, but let's say uh, Twilight uh, Breath of the Wild two is like coming out in November this year. I don't think it is, but like pretending it was. What if I mean imagine if they announced it in like you know uh, August or something and said it's like coming out like that would just be amazing. I would much I would rather have that than the sort of what we have now, which has like been what two years at this point that we're sort of waiting around for more Breath of the Wild two details. Yeah, I, I well you know what's funny is I. I actually, maybe I'm too bold, but I do think they're going to do that. I think that we don't have our holiday title yet, I don't think. Do we? What is it? We don't. I we think don't. It's, uh, it's just We're Monster Hunter Rise, man. It's just going to keep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to take us all the way through 2021. I mean, it's our big first half title. I mean, yeah. people expect I mean, it's, the same, it's like the Animal so. Crossing thing last year. Like, Animal Crossing just carried them through, you know? Like, everyone's like, we need a new November game. I think Nintendo is checking the books Super, and being like, guys, Super I don't think we Mario do. <laughs> 3D All-Stars was probably their big second half game last year. By maybe Sales Hyrule Warriors, alone. maybe. Hyrule yeah. Warriors was big, but I think 3D All-Stars was bigger. Um, I, I Going off of the Bloomberg report, though, they their sources seem pretty solid that there is some heavy hitters that Nintendo is expecting out by the end of the fiscal year, so by the end of next March, um, that are going to drive record profits that will beat out even last year's... Fis the fiscal year just ended. We were going to mm. get that fiscal report very soon. We're going to see how extraordinary Nintendo's 2020, or their fiscal year 2021 was. It's going to be insane. They're expecting to beat that on the, so the Switch Pro, or whatever it's going to be called, and they say they have some heavy hitters that just haven't been announced yet, I, I do think we're getting either, if it's not Breath of the Wild sequel, I think we're getting like a, a brand new Mario or maybe even Mario Kart 9 or so, something of that caliber is coming out this holiday. I, I'm pretty sure we're getting something huge. That'd be exciting. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think it's going to be Breath of the Wild too, and I think that it's going to have compatibility with this Switch Pro, whatever it's going to end up being called. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I Again, I just think that like between all the projects that are announced, I just feel like Breath of the Wild 2 is the most likely because it's working off a built, already built uh, engine, you know? So it's just kind of like, it's almost like the Majora's Mask experience, but they have a lot more time to work with it. And I think we're at that point now where they've had plenty of time to produce something off of it, you know? So that's just where I think about it. Because again, it's also a visual art style that's very similar to the original as well. So that it doesn't, they could probably flip a lot of assets. 
I'm sorry, I'm getting speculative on our CEO <laughs> discussion. My bad. Yeah, you'd think you'd know <laughs> but, all yeah. this stuff. Like, you'd think you'd, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's because uh, I work on the inside. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to cherry pick one part of this final question from Being Down Brian, since uh, we're getting near the end here. Hey, Being Down Brian. I know and him. And it's a question for you, Kyle, actually. That's why I'm picking it, because it says, this one is for Kyle. Will the new Switch Pro Plus be powerful enough to run a Plague Tale Innocence, and will you install it on your hard drive? Uh, it, and, uh, no, it will not. Uh, but they'll release a version of it, and I'll I'll download it, Brian. I promise. I'm not saying I'll play it. I'm saying I'll download it. <laughs> This is, just, this is an uh, ongoing uh, bit between Bean Down Brian and I. It, okay, I suspect there's some history here. It's very specific. Uh, I'm like, he's right. been trying to get me to play that for oh. two years now. I think. <laughs> okay. I have it downloaded on my Xbox. I haven't deleted it. It's it's there. That's something. <laughs> Maybe sometime in the future we'll see. Um, if you have any closing statements about anything we didn't talk about as CEOs of Nintendo <laughs> that you really wanted to get off your chest, now is the time. Uh, I would say the only thing I didn't cover as your CEO is I would put uh, more manpower into these games. I'd put more money into them. Um, and I would also open up more studios so that we can get more franchises uh covered for each generation i think it's silly that right now nintendo skips generations with certain franchises like there should be a metroid game on every single gen um, that should not be something that's happening right now and so the solution is open up more uh studios and give them work uh, you know it, i think that that's we need to be a little less conservative i think now we're on the top of the mountain it's time to build you know it's time to, to really yeah. kind of put the money in and like show what how much profit we can actually get when we have a huge install base. So let's make some money. <laughs> Boom. Uh, I think we're nailing it. What can I say? <laughs> hey, hey, right in an all-time high here. I, don't know. I mean, you just gotta like kick back and relax, you know. Yeah. That Switch yeah. Pro is going to, you know, 4K, all these things we were hearing about it. It's just going to carry you for another five years. You're good. You get all yeah, those we can just coast off Animal Crossing. We'll just, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Animal Crossing. There's still Animal more people out the there. Shoulders There's people on the shoulders of Monster We got to get Animal Crossing to every person's hand on this planet. 100 <laughs> yes. million. 100 million or bust. That should be the <laughs> CEO's number one priority right there. Uh. Um, also, Smash Mothers needs to buy Fortnite. Like, can't let Fortnite out Smash Brothers you. Fortnite's <laughs> trying to be the new Smash Brothers to everyone. No. Sakurai announced that you just bought... Nintendo's buying Fortnite from Epic. They're stealing it away. I don't, think Ep I don't think Epic's looking for a buyer. I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to speculate here. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I think that, that's, yeah, that sales question to Disney, Sony, Microsoft, I would have been like, Smash Brothers is going to Epic. <laughs> Smash <laughs> oh, Brothers no. is just now playable in Fortnite with well, all sorts of characters. he's a contract guy. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not a Nintendo Sora, employee. Yeah, yeah that would, uh, I actually would not be surprised if that headline happened in the next 20 years. Like, <laughs> Epic, buy Super Smash Brothers or something. It's like, oh, okay, or Nintendo. It's like, sure, yeah, of course, you know. I don't see that happening. Um, 
thank you to everyone who submitted uh, questions for us as CEOs. Uh, I know we didn't get to everyone's question, and we got through most of them, so good job, everybody. Um, if you would like to submit a question for consideration for Friend Code, uh, you need to be a $5 and up patron. Um, as a $5 up patron, um, you're also getting uh, some of our episodes of our podcast or shows early. Um, so thank you to all of you who support us in that way. Uh, we also have some shout-outs for the month of April 2021. So special shout-outs to Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick, Stephen Thomason, sorry, Stephen Thomason, Ed Scar, Soma Spider, So What, Sage Mode Q, and Alex AI. Shout out. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, thank you to both of you for joining me on this uh, fun and I hope somewhat, you know, creative and stimulating episode <laughs> of Friend Code. A little bit different. Um, hopefully it wasn't too torturous. Sorry, I wasn't goofy enough. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was fine. I was I was worried. I was like, I'm not the goof. I'm like, I'm bad at being goofy and stuff. So I was like, I think you two carried it very well. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Damiani. It's always a pleasure. So I appreciate it. Thank you for our listeners and viewers uh, if they want to check out um, more of your work or just where to follow you uh, where can they uh, where can they check you out so it'd be awesome if people checked me out on twitch I'm trying to build that up so twitch.tv forward slash boundary break I do live streams uh, covering um, multiple games for either for fun or for work and uh, if you like what I'm doing over there chances are you'll like what I'm doing over on YouTube too so um, forward slash boundary break if you use twitch um, uh, what about you, Kyle? Uh, yeah, Kyle M. Hilliard on Twitter. You can find me at uh, MinMax with two N's uh, if you want to hear me talk about video games more. We also uh, had your friend Brandon Jones on an episode yes. of our Deepest Dive recently where we replayed uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. It turns out that game holds up very well. So, And it was, it was oh, yeah. super I'm fun to talk to Brandon about it in depth. Glad you think so. He actually tried to bring it to our Hall of Greats recently. To try and get it inducted, and uh, unfortunately, didn't quite make the cut. Oh, uh, that's, we got it. They that's devolved into the argument between City and Asylum, and obviously having Huber there, who's also a big Batman fan, he is a big proponent of City and uh, the newer one. So it was a kind of a tough battle for Jones there, yeah. but he clearly came very prepared because of those discussions. So if you want to, yeah, it's check like those out. Yeah, five, four or five <laughs> hour discussion about Batman Arkham Asylum. So check that out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for having me on. I Always a it. pleasure. Yeah, and I'm glad I got the, the two of you on here on a little bit shorter notice. Uh, we were. Um, I was gonna have some of the allies on for this episode, but they are busy recording something special right now. Uh, part of our fifth year celebration, one of the promises we are fulfilling. Uh, a handful of them are busy right now doing that. And at the same time, I needed to record Friend Code today. So look for that soon. Uh, I won't say which one it is, but it is coming in the near future. And as I mentioned near the end of this episode, I completely forgot. We are due for that big fiscal year report from Nintendo in the next few weeks, I think. So hopefully it's out by the next episode of Friend Code because we're going to do a deep dive into how record-breaking that year is. And you know what? Maybe, maybe there'll be some new news. 
you know, in that uh, two weeks. So we'll have to, well, well, it's something to look forward to. But thank you to our patrons who also submitted ideas for what we should cover this episode. You know, I might do that in the future again. I, I, I'd like to hear what you want us to talk about, what you want us to cover on the show. So thank you to everyone. It, it was like, like 60 plus submissions. So obviously not all of them. I can only pick one. So thank you so much for that. And yeah, until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Bye-bye, everyone.